or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. Well, what do you mean, biblical? Oh. What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. never go wrong with a Ghostbusters reference. So on this episode of the Jason Wright Show, Jay Yao, James Quandall, and I sit out and just talk about some current events, what's going on, and just try to kind of ask some questions of one another. No agenda other than just trying to talk through some of these issues to figure out what is happening in society, dealing with some current events, and just some of the challenges that we all face. So please enjoy this first installment of being human is complicated. Just ramblings with Jason, Jay, and James. Here we go. Yeah, you bring up an incredible point. So what I said was a new survey has found that 25% of American teenagers identify as a member of the gay community and jay you rightfully said whoa so wait a minute you're saying that 20 uh, percent of all people are are part of this community no that they would not if you do this survey in afghanistan no sir china right. no sir it's only america okay. so as the first topic that we're just going to throw out here today because this is just kind of like i a do have a, i do have a question, question about that though so to okay. be a member of the gay community, do you have to be gay or can you just be a supporter of gay rights? Okay, so that's something that people are, are wondering. It's a great question. So it turns out that a lot of girls these days are identifying as bisexual, which gets you into the club. It, it gains you membership into the LGBTQ+. Plus how whatever other forgive me if i left out an initial it gains you membership but what they find is a lot of these girls that identify as bisexual pretty much have sex with guys but so that could be james i so i'm curious i wonder how many of these of these young people actually consider themselves gay or whatever or they're just to your point an ally it makes like yes i'm a supporter i can't answer that right well and also like to be fair uh i, I mean i'm just throwing out there like you know like why like you mentioned like why it does is it not in asia or afghanistan and all this stuff i also at the same time i also wonder if you know lgbtq movement became a trend um, because of social media, right? Like, so if back then you look at, oh, you wear Nike shoes, I gotta wear Nike shoes to be cool. So now it's like, hey, you know, I I, I go to social media, it's all about sexuality or, or a sexual identity and all this stuff. I better be part of it so that I could be part of the cool kids. And, uh, you know, maybe they're just, you know, sometimes they're confused or maybe they're sometimes they are gay or, or bisexual or LGBTQ. But at the same time, you can't deny that are some pure pressures going into this topic that lead to what's going on today you know yeah like it might be a contagion or something and that is that's really odd because i know and i'm older than both of you when i was growing up 
of course that we we like we had kids that we I went to high school with, and there weren't that many that you they were like say it was a guy and he had effeminate traits right. and so you thought this guy's probably he's probably gay but you you didn't say it back then because it certainly wasn't considered right. cool but now it almost it's almost like a ticket to to your point on social media or anything else you're you're treated with hero status i mean like yeah Joe Biden literally said that the transgender youth are the most heroic among us. So it is, I wonder how much of it is contagion versus, um, you know, it's, it's a real thing as someone that identifies as either gay or, or, you know, or uh, the opposite sex. I don't know. What do you yeah. think, James? I also think that getting good data is difficult because people are young and they're still learning about themselves. When I was 18, when I was 20, when I was 22, 24, I was not the same person I am today as far as my interests, the people I spent time with, the things I was passionate about. And when, when, how do you actually ask people questions and with what point, I mean, where are they as an adult or maturing in, in, in where they are and what, and how, what are they going to say 10 years from now? So it's just like a snapshot. You said it was 25% of what age of, of, I, I don't know. It was teens. And I literally, I just skimmed it. I want to say it was somewhere like between the ages of like uh, 15 and 18. So like that. I mean, it was like, Gen Z. I mean, if you looked at yeah, me Gen Z. and you didn't know me, maybe from when I was 18, I worked at Hollister. I wore, you know, tight polos, had long hair, went to the tanning salon multiple times a day. Very thin. I was thin. Very thin. Um, and like, I'm, I, I've changed a lot since then. Well, you know, I think I could pass for a gay guy. I'm very, I'm very fit. I take care of myself. I dress well. I'm very nice. I'm very charming as well. I do have a lot of the qualities, I think, of a very uh, successful gay guy. Now, the, here's here's what I'm curious about, though. Is So I worked at clothing stores. I had friends, many friends that were gay. And then since then, I've had many friends that were um, transitioning or were transgenders. Um, does that make me part of the community or not? What, uh, I don't I don't know. That's 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 a great question. Actually, I wonder if they're saying because because I'll say like if there's some virtue attached to it to say you know if, if the survey just says what like what if the question was do you support or do you consider yourself a part of the LGBT community and they and then maybe there's a sub question of and how so are you pansexual bisexual a right. whatever the case may be that would be a good question. I don't know like, what that, if we were to change the the sense. lens a little bit and we looked back at the civil rights movement and could you be part of the civil rights movement without being one of the affected individuals? Mm, yeah, good question. Which that brings up another question about this. Okay. So, now is being part of a traditionally marginalized group does that equate with being a member of a racial minority? So is the, as looking at the gay community, and I'm using gay as a broad term, uh, the, cause I don't want to say LGBTQ plus over and over and over again. So guys, forgive me if, if I'm, if I'm hurting anybody's feelings by saying gay as a general term, but I think this is a that could be just, that could just be happy, you know? Exactly. Again, if you're if you're part of the non heterosexual happy group, then um, 
is does that is that on par with being born say black in the civil rights movement and the reason why i ask that is because okay it because you're kind of you get the benefits of being a part of a civil rights movement if you say i'm gay or i'm a boy and i identify as a girl whereas so that's not something that necessarily especially if these numbers are true some of it there's probably a biological component some of it, it could be contagion but yet you can't you, you never outgrow being black you never outgrow being a hispanic i mean that is so it's a it's a inalienable inalienable trait do you guys think that it is on par with those groups and the struggles that they have gone through hmm. I, I mean i mean being a minority myself like i wouldn't say i'm a minority right now i felt like uh, white male is a minority at some point uh, in the future but uh, as, a, as a minority myself I just I felt like being identified of any kind of minority somehow give give you voice right so mm -hmm. like like somehow some people maybe fantasize being a minority in any kind not just racial but also sexual identity and all this stuff so that they can have a voice so they can have attentions but you know like I, I I really don't know uh, I, I really don't know the answer because like like what's the point of like do you think you know when some people they transitions or they try to transitions like do you think they did it for recognitions or they really have gender dysphoria man that's and that's the thing that's kind of scary right i don't even think that you're allowed to ask that question anymore. i mean no you know, we can ask the question but i think like if you're a medical professional i don't think i think it, that's what's kind of scary right now i think that's what's a, a big misconception and i don't know what's behind it honestly i i don't want to think that there's just purely uh, malevolent forces but it makes me wonder why you can't even ask that question yeah. jay because man this has some long-term ramifications and if you if you do say that if like for example in certain parts of the country now like for example i think if you were an la county school official i would imagine you can't even ask that question to a teenager that comes to you i, I, I bet you couldn't even say hey you know john or sharon are you sure about this because i know like you can even say i know your best friend is going through transitioning right now are you sure that this is something that's, that's real for you maybe you should give it more time i think that school official out there would probably be fired to be honest with you yeah i mean and that's kind of scary yeah that's that's what i'm kind of weirded out about all this movement is that why are we okay when at what age can you get a tattoo? 18. Yeah. 18. 18. At what age you can you can only legally drink alcohol? 21. Right. At what age you can go and, you know, fight for your country? 18. He's an 18, right? right? But like why like and you still need parents consent when you do all that thing too, you know. Right. Like 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 you know if you want to get tattooed before uh 18 or or you know when you, you i know, think even if you want to get your ears 18. pierced i don't know what age you yeah can do that is it 18 or 16 or i think you i can't remember when my girls got theirs i, I was right? younger than 18 yeah, but they so, had i had to be there to consent yes yeah, so you, you have to have the parental consent but what if someone wants to transition uh, into different gender uh, and uh 
like it's almost is a is a irreversible surgery too and then yeah. you know we are they are okay to go through with it and why are why is like this well, why is this incident are okay for teachers to keep a secret from their parents too yeah you know what i mean i mean i i know that's not all the school i like that maybe there's some school maybe they're just a small amount of school that do that but still like just the the the, the fact that like some school actually do that is i, I think it's just i think it just dissolved now i am curious i don't know the prevalence but we hear about incidents like that how common is it actually um or is it I just think it's, that's it's it's people like to read about it and on on both like, sides of the issue they like to read about it and so yeah, it's, I, it sounds more prevalent than it is i don't think it's that common but it, it is out there because like you know like my, my girlfriend would always be like oh yeah it's actually happened but it's really not that common but i i do think that it's not that common it's you know like you know like maybe just maybe like less than ten, if if it's only less than 10 cases but it's everywhere in the headline then you know we see it as you know that's more um you know it's 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 uh worse than it is but but still like just have just 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 a thought that some school actually did that even just a very small amount of school you know mm. it's still like it's bizarre for me i agree and the thing is because our teachers <clears throat> used to be kind of like that that first line of mentors yeah. in your life right they were kind of like the first ones and they would and and at the risk of betraying your relationship they knew they had the, your friendship or whatever you had within the classroom they knew if they saw some sort of behavior that was especially as consequential as this they're going to bring the parents into the fold it's and i, I agree with you jay I, I think it's very any any movement that says, hey, part of the strategy for your child's wellness is to take the parents out of the decision being made. Just on the surface seems like, wow, that just what that just doesn't set right. Yeah. And then you, you there's also this deal too. Okay, so imagine that you're a gay science teacher and you have or you're a transitioned uh, science teacher and you have one of your students that comes up to you and says that they might be thinking about it or whatever I wonder how much of it and this is not to demonize this is just because we are all human and we all have certain biases and we're just we're just human and so the the teacher that has gone through the transition and gone through that struggle and everything themselves they might feel apt to go oh okay and, and support it because it makes them feel better about the decision that they once made right. and i can tell you on a, on, a, on a and here's what makes me think about that so on a completely different in a different um area but i think it's it kind of relates so my daughter abby ha is a type 1 diabetic and i'll never forget one time when she was in high school we were at a track meet and she told me this after and she wasn't even meaning to tell me what i was able to to, to decipher from this as a parent she told me after the tragedy, she said, oh, she said, it was funny. I met this girl and she was, I overheard her. She was from a different school she said, and she was complaining about her blood sugar being so low. And I was like, oh my gosh, do you have type one diabetes? And she goes, oh no, I just have um, hypoglycemia. And she goes, oh, okay. Okay. And then Abby didn't say anything else about that. But what had happened was Abby had seen someone else that she thought, oh my gosh, are you like me? You know, there's this natural of right. I've had this thing. And so therefore, 
I wonder how much of this community, if you're the teacher and you see the kid, they want to reinforce that they're not different. They want to see someone else like me. And so that gives them a reason, again, just out of human nature to go, oh, wow. So I, I did this and I'm like this and you may want to do it. So I don't know. I just wonder how much I of that think is if you even remove all of this out of the discussion and you just talk about Americans as a whole, we are desperate for connection. All of us. Mm-hmm. We're all lonely. We are all disconnected from our families and our neighbors because we built this digital world where the three of us are talking right now and we haven't seen each other in the same room ever and we haven't seen each other in person in almost a year. And so you don't have to actually sit and talk with someone face-to-face anymore. And I think that we are lonely and we have to find a way to deal with the inconveniences of just getting back and spending time with people one-on-one. Right. And uh, I think on that point also, I think, I wonder if that's something about the tribalism as well. Like, you know, like even the teacher hasn't, uh, the teacher or the mentor or whoever, they hasn't been through whatever the kids have been through, but, but, you know, just supporting the idea, just supporting the movement sort of, you know, like, make them feel like okay I'm part of your ally right now I'm in your group now I just want to be this group you know so like I, I'm part of something I wonder right. if that's also in play but but yeah so like it's it, it, it just weird to see like how much of that's happening in it's weird it's only in western western society in in Asian society that happened but not a lot of of that happened you know, it's very minority, and certainly not like teachers. Like, oh, okay, yeah, we we are we are we are we gonna we're not gonna tell your 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 parents about you know what you're going through and stuff. So like that. I'd be curious. So is it like a tab- taboo in Asian culture to? Well, it 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 is in a sense. You know, to Asians, you know, not everyone, but some most Asians are a little bit conservative. But at the same time, back then, like. I have like friends as gay, I have friends as like transitions, and especially in Thailand, right? Like you know about the so-called Thai lady, you know, a lot of transgender. Yeah, there's a lot of transgender over there, but you didn't see them get penalized, but you also didn't see them like, hey, be like me, you know? So I don't know, it's a weird thing. Like we, they keep it down low, but I think I brought this up to some of my friends when we talk about it, they are like, oh yeah, because they were being oppressed, so that's why they didn't want to speak out. But, but you know, I don't know if they are being oppressed, but at least, you know, when I see them, I know they are transgender or, or they are gay or, or LGBTQ plus. Uh, yeah, so, so I don't know if they are being oppressed is, one of the excuse of you know how like you know the westerner so that's i saw this i think actually on bill maher jay to Mm -hmm. that point because that's the argument that you hear a lot now is that there's always been this large underground group of um uh, of folks that were you know had an alternative sexual lifestyle however when they survey people born from different generations, like if you go back to the the, uh, the greatest generation, to the baby boomers, to, you know, like I'm a Gen Xer, Gen Y, Gen Z, 
the numbers shoot up exponentially. So, so right now, so if you were to call up somebody right now that was born in 1955, call a thousand of them. The, 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 and so now it's popular to be gay. And by the way, they're anonymous. They would have no reason to lie. Right. That, that it's such a small, small percentage of them that still identify as LGBTQ plus. But as you get, as you go further and further up the line, then it, um, then the number increases, especially like dramatically, like what was kind of got me curious today when I heard this statistic of 25%. And so therefore, and, and you have, uh, I think here in the last decade, a lot of people were starting to put a lot more credence on the biological component of this. And so then that makes you ask from an evolutionary standpoint, it's like, okay, now wait a minute, what happened from 1935 or so or 45 to the 2000s and beyond biologically that started so many people to identify with this? And so it just, it always seems to point to this is something different there's there is this it's a, it, whether it's a contagion whether it's i'm just not accepted i tell you one of the things that con- that concerns me the most is i'm afraid that um you, you brought it up james that so many of these kids don't interact in person anymore and so imagine being an insecure kid that you never really have face-to-face conversations and you're constantly seeing people that are digitally enhanced and on social media, they're beautiful, they're wealthy, whether they really are or not, no one really knows. All you know is you see people that have a much better life than you. And so it kind of puts you in this cocoon to where you're scared. And then so you put on top of that, you're just kind of, you feel like you're rejected societally anyway, just from what you're seeing on your screen. And then you're, you, that's got to make you really insecure to go out and try to, you know, be a, have a relationship with the opposite sex and then if you just find somebody that you can be safe with and that's what i'm hearing a lot of too and in particular jay over in asian countries uh, like japan i that there's a, a, a big rise in asexual males oh yeah they're just this relationship no. in general is just kind of falling apart so i wonder how much that has to do with all this yeah uh i don't know but at the same time like you know are we, are we, I mean, I don't know if I'm sidetracking right now, but uh, at the same time, you know, when I, when I was thinking about all these issues, like why right now it's all about, you know, why all these issues rises. But at the same time, like I was wondering how comfortable are we right now as a, as a society, as a humanity? You know what I mean? Like back then, Great Depressions, it's, yep. it's everyone, all they think about is work and money. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? Oh, that's why like everyone's like, okay, I have no time to get distracted. I have to work and I have to get money nine to five. And then before that, that's war. Like we had like, we spend all, yeah, you know, we, there are like people that's bisexual, gay or whatever, but most of the people are spending time trying to survive, trying to find the next meal, trying to see where's the shelter. And now I wonder if we are, yeah, we recessions, this and that, but why are people still talking all about all these issues? And and the, the 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 craziest thing is that like people that talk about all these issues, that people that go out to protest. If you look at the social media, look at people that go out to protest. They all, you know, wearing Nike shoes. They all having Gucci bags. Eighteen years old, like you know, they are well off from their parents. Yeah. You know. No, I think that has a lot to do with it, Jay. We don't have any major struggles. I do think that we these are 
we we we're looking for things to because we need struggle. You know, Victor Frankel. I watched an interview he did. Um, obviously, I think it was like before I was born. It was a on uh, it was a recorded interview, but um, he was talking about the contrast of the the concentration camps that he survived. Hardly anyone ever tried to commit suicide. Now we're talking about Auschwitz. We're talking about the. I mean, these people living through an absolute living hell. Yet rarely. Were there suicide attempts, and the people were struggling, and they, they they were just struggling to survive, right? That was the whole premise of logotherapy right. and and uh, man's search for meaning. Well, then, as he resettled back in his practice in Austria, the welfare state exploded, and essentially Austria at the time was trying to remove any and all struggle from the population, and the uptick in suicides went through the roof and Viktor Frankl made the the comment he said these we need struggle we need struggle and overcoming those struggles to develop as human beings and to keep our minds focused on something greater than just our own pleasures and desires so I think that um, I think that what you're what you're saying falls right in line with that that I do think I remember one time I remember right after um, 9-11 right a commentator made this point. He said the exact same thing, kind of. He said, you know, today we're not worrying and bitching about our typical first world issues that we have the luxury to grab about. Today we're all just worried about, wow, what just happened? Right. How do we be with our loved ones? But I do think we do now have so much comfort and time to just pull worry out of whole cloth and go yeah maybe i should be worried about that maybe i should be upset about that and so i think i think you make a good point yeah because like i was just thinking right like you know why is all the politicians uh narrative is like oh blm racial racial issue um transgender issues and you know uh sexual identity gender identity and it's all about identity what about the economics you know, not a lot mm-hmm. of, uh, not a lot of politicians like, oh, we're going to talk about taxes. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about how, how to, you know, how to make sure America's economy is front and center. But all they talk about is, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to ban this. We're going to ban the abortion pill. We're going to allow this. Or we're going. It's, it's it's such a weird thing to me, like because like without economy, like I said, like without economy, like your kids, you can yeah. your kids can go out and protest. You know, you, you your kids right. don't have the money to go out and protest, which is like the 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 weirdest thing to me. Yeah, see, that's the thing that I th- I get. See, first of all, a politician or someone that's you know the head of one of these groups that are you know you know kind of march and protest. The the the, the worst thing they can ever hear. Is that things have gotten a lot better? They don't want to hear that. They get, they need things to get bad to get reelected, to keep their job as the head of the Rainbow Push Coalition or the, you know, National Society for the Aggrieved, Left-handed, Red-headed People, whatever it is. They've got to make sure that those people are being oppressed, that they maintain a job, you know, and that there's no. We never want to sit back and be able to say, you know what, folks, things have gotten pretty good. So now let's focus on some some real issues and. And I do think that's what's happened. I do think there's so much of these crazy, because I, I mean, let's face it. You know, is is important if I'm if I'm someone who is in one of these marginalized groups, which it's 
kind of weird that the marginalized, quote unquote, are now. I don't see how you can be marginalized and uber celebrated at the exact same time. It's right. kind of weird. Um, but nevertheless, let's just if you're in one of these marginalized groups. OK, I get it. And I, I and I, I can sympathize, empathize with you. But to your point, Jay, there's some guy or gal that woke up this morning and all they want to do is feed their family. They don't get them go to work and they don't they're not trying to hurt anybody by saying, hey, I, I just it's not that I don't care about you, but I'm, my, my main concern right now is not to go put a, a knitted vagina on my head and march through the streets of Austin. I got to go to work. Right. Because, you know, so it's just it's kind of bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. You hardly see anyone that have like really struggling that go out and march, mm-hmm. you know. Like no, if you're if you're able to go out and, and march, yeah, you've 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 kind of and you're healthy. I don't see any of them looking real skinny. And to your point, I don't see of them if they're dressed poorly. It's because they did it on purpose. They you know because they're just kind of yeah, maybe a hipster look. But okay, well that was that was my topic <laughs> that I wanted to just kind of yeah. pick <laughs> make y'all's brains. And we weren't so. warned about that that topic. I think uh, yeah. you know what something that's interesting about these topics. Is this, does it feel to you guys like you're expected to have like a well thought out opinion on every well, subject? It's funny because uh, I think James uh, also should talk about it. Like I felt like nowadays everyone has to has an opinion. Like you can't not not have an opinion. Like I don't have any opinion. Like sometimes yeah, I have a point opinion on one side, and then the next day I will have an opinion on the other exactly. side. Exactly. You can't you can't be that now. You you can only be one. Well, side. I I can like, be that way, and because I don't, I didn't do the homework or interview enough people to have an opinion on a, a no. logical opinion on everything. Now I can go with my gut instincts. I can tell you what I've seen. I can tell you what I've experienced. But I have noticed that I'm willing to change my position if someone gives me a, yeah. a new information. And it doesn't hurt my feelings or my identity to change my opinion. Uh, you know what? You know, like the other day I was looking at this meme. It's a great meme. It's a doctor holding a result. It says like, you know, what's the latest finding? The latest finding is that having a different opinion doesn't harm you. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great meme. I'm like, this. everybody should know. She should have that. And also like, that's new things every day. That's that's no way for you to 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 you know to to get up to date on everything. Like, like you know, like one thing that I see in the like I always curious. What's the definition of transphobic? Like off your head, what's the traf, uh, tra- definition of transphobic? Well, it means that you're you're scared, literally, going to the Greek Latin of phobic phobia. Um, is it's that you're scared of them and that's and that's kind of overused i think anytime you say you disagree don't understand then somehow you get the phobic tag that's what that's yeah that's what so recently that's a transgender swimmer leah whatever his awesome. her, her name is it's a her now yeah she's awesome. like yeah that's a lot of fe- feminism you know supporting the trans you know trans movement which is great but she also said that but at the same time, when it comes to the sport, they are like, no, 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 we, we, we want to, we, we don't want any transgender to compete. Why, why, why do you throw out this such a transphobic uh, command? I'm like, well, first of all, they're supporting your, 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 
your statement, you know, they are like they're supporting your group, they're supporting your narrative. They are like, yeah, trans transgender, it's fine. They they they're supporting your movement, but they don't support you in 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 sport. Doesn't mean that they are transphobic. It's just like if I drink co- if if I drink coffee in the morning and I'm like, oh, I don't drink coffee at at night because you know I can't sleep. That doesn't mean that I. I dislike coffee or I hate coffee. Do you have nocturnal caffeinophobia? It's a real condition and it's it something is. that you probably need to seek it. Nocturnal ca- caffeinophobia. That's what you have. And Jay. that's a problem. Probably, our I have a friend a, Jason Wright has coffee in the evening. No problem. It's part of his routine. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I don't understand why, you know, you just, why, why do I spare you, Jay? Why does, why do I am my mug of coffee? It's, the, it's just the way I was made. I, I like my coffee. Here's, here's my question on this. Do the work, here's Jay. a question. And uh, I wish there was more people on the call who could answer this. I'm asking this right. not to, to be funny but to be serious like if i have a hobby of playing guitar or flying airplanes or chess or reading which those are all true hobbies of mine and someone else doesn't like any of those i don't care yeah yeah well for for them it's more of like you know if if for them it's like if if the movement doesn't go through right that then they can compete in a woman woman sport you know like which i think it's only fair uh you know uh I'm, what's what's her name riley grains mm-hmm. uh, yeah mm-hmm. you know she the, the the craziest thing is that she got attacked she got assaulted after the speech but no one got arrested imagine if imagine if the situation was reversed right you know it's gonna yep. be big news the next thing but yeah i mean i, I did support her is that like you know like in at least right now, at least right now, you know, women should, biological women should, should compete in biological sport, uh, and biological males should compete in bio, biological male sport, especially when it comes to physical, right? Because like, you know, biological men and biological women are made differently. Even if they're trained the same, they, you know, the outcome could be different. In the future, maybe, maybe in the future, if they figure out some sort of drugs that can really effectively alter everything then yeah but right now i felt like it should be you know it should be only compete in assigned uh gender birth assigned gender and and if you want to compete if if, if there's enough transgender that want to compete why not have a category just for transgender so i think that that's a good question and here's my question to you guys okay what if the split the baby option on this deal is to remove sex from sports and just let all girls, all boys, there's just football, there's just baseball, there's just wrestling, there is no gender category, so therefore everybody competes. Now we 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 know what would probably happen in that case, but if if I am a to your point, like if I'm the one of the feminists that is supportive of Leah Thomas, and would I agree with that? Would I, okay, so if you don't mind, because because it's easy to be a feminist that doesn't swim, right? right? To say, oh, I'm all for Leah, because you're not having to face this, no. you know, uh, this person coming in and just completely destroying everything you've worked for as a biological female to compete as a swimmer. So okay, well, if that's the case, understood. There are no more gender categories. 
I've heard somebody pose that question. That really gave me, I mean, obviously, I don't think it's a good idea, but it did make me stop and think, hmm, wow, or is that what the Brave New World looks like? There are no gender right. categories since there really are no genders. Um, and what would that look like? Well, I do think that, you know, that can be done, but not in physical sport, I think. Like in chess, right? You can, you can like in, in mental capacity, like you can't in chess, like game like chess or game like, you know, like esport and all this stuff. Basically, you know, the skill level, like some female skill level can actually overtake a male skill level. Like that, like shouldn't have any, any gender, you know, restrictions. And I right. totally agree with that. But like physically, I still think that's like, some advantage if you you're born male yeah i think especially if your transition is late if i'm not mistaken yeah and and here's another thing i want to because i think that uh james you brought up a really good question about like should you have a formulated opinion on all these things because we are treated as though we're supposed to know what we know about these things and by the way you better know the right answers or you're going to time out exactly if your formulated opinion is the mainstream narrative cool you're no, you're good. woke you're, you're awake you're smart you're intelligent um congratulations if you have any other opinion or an unformed opinion you're a hillbilly and you're uneducated and what's crazy is that same person if i let's say that i fall into the hillbilly category if i were to flip that around and say okay chuck todd thanks for having me on meet the press this morning can i ask you a question do you know the genesis of human rights do you understand your history? You expect me to have a well-formulated, articulated answer for this question. Do you know where the idea of all men being created equally actually came from and why that became such a struggle? Nobody's expected to know those things. That's what's crazy to me, man, is that no one is expected to understand why Western civilization is why was it in the western civilization that universities came about these universities that now kind of really seem to hate western civilization but they can't tell you why the university system even is in place and what the genesis of it was and so you're so you you're not expected to know your history you're just expected to know what's going on in the moment for example and and also if you have a differing opinion if you believed what has been truth for over 2,000 years and you're not willing to abandon that in five minutes, then you're a phobic bigot. Yeah. That's just weird. Well, it's just You know, C.S. Lewis in the Screw Tape Letters talked about the demons, and one of the demons' main responsibilities is to make sure that civilizations do not learn anything from the previous generation civilizations. Like, you cannot learn from what people did. Because we've done all this before. Every problem we have today, one civilization somewhere in the world has already gone through it, and they already saw exactly what the outcome was. But we can't go back and look at that. Um, we have to figure it out on our own. Just like a two-year-old. Like, a two-year-old, yeah. can't, you can't say, hey, you know, you really shouldn't eat 40 hot dogs. No, mom, like, <laughs> I'm gonna figure it out on my own. Um, and like, well, I can tell you, I tried that when I was your age and it didn't work out, but go ahead. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, like, like, yeah, you, that's, you, you definitely can learn from history, right? Like, but the thing is like, <coughs> without, uh, without a real experience of what's going through, like for you, it's just like, oh yeah, I just read that somewhere in, uh, it, it's just a storybook, 
you know, history is a storybook without without exper- exper- uh, experience what they are going through. Then. And that's another you know? example of how we've made a huge mistake <laughs> in America of losing respect for our elders. And um, yeah. in Asian in Asian countries, a lot of um, Middle Eastern countries, a lot of countries around the world, they still have grandparents living in the home with with two other generations. Three generation households are common all over the world, and so the right. wisdom from previous generations is still being taught to the children. That doesn't happen here. It's it's looked it's looked at in a weird way here. Like why why are your grandparents yeah. living with you? Yeah, but but to be honest, I think it's coming back uh, a full circle now. Like now, a lot of people choose to live with their parents because it's cheap. But the grandparents you know, hopefully they go for. It. Yeah, but if they go for another generations, then the grandparents will be there. You know well, I mean? but Jay, but the thing is, Jay, they don't have. The, I agree that's happening, but. I think the the kids that are doing it, I don't know that they're gonna they're they're the type of kids that are gonna go. You know what? I'm gonna take advantage of this time and learn something from yeah. my parents that went through some struggle. And in fact, I mean that's what's one of the things. Okay, just talking about the kids and how. Yeah, you're right, James. We don't respect our elders. Instead, we respect Greta Thornburg. We we yeah. we herald these twenty somethings and teenagers as though somehow there are some oracles of sage wisdom and and learnedness and it's like wait what i I don't that to me is absolutely bizarre because now now granted our founding fathers it's crazy back in the day by the time you were in your mid-30s you were a middle-aged person so you you did have very like thomas jefferson was really young whenever he wrote the declaration of independence so you had some brilliant young people, but now, but those those are it goes back to what Jay was saying. These were individuals that were trying to survive and shape yeah. an entire nation, and they had all read the the philosophers Aristotle, Plato, Cato. They they could you know they uh, uh, Thomas Aquinas. They they all had read and looked uh, back on again the, the exact antithesis of what C.S. Lewis described, James that they went back and looked at everything that didn't work and then they came up with this miracle of a government system that said all right we're going to try something really radical we're going to give the power to the people and we're going to not restrain the rights of the people but instead we're going to restrain the rights of the leaders and the lawmakers and then we're going to use this thing called a constitution and see, I think that the sad part about it is young people today that we're supposed to be looking to as the the seers of all knowledge, they couldn't even tell you what in the hell the Constitution really is. They, they wouldn't even be able – if I were to say to – I think the average – well, you've seen those Gen videos, Zero. right? All over YouTube. You go to you go to oh. Times Square with a microphone and you ask, "Tell me, you know, tell me three countries in North America," and they they're like Utah and United States, <laughs> or like you know, I don't I don't. I'm sure they're just picking the worst of the worst answers. They have to yeah, be right, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, those even finding four people in a day that can't tell you three countries in North America, that's pretty bad. Yeah. 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 Well, like, yeah. like I said, like that's no, like, like, like back to Jason point, like, you know, like, 
Thomas Jefferson was really young then. Like you know, like because there's a struggle. They are struggling to. Yeah. They are struggling to survive, but now we're just struggling to sit around and get validations about our sexual identity. Yeah. And our yeah. racial identity. So. Yeah, it's a very we become a very navel gazing um, society for sure. And it's and it's funny because I think that's no cure to this. I really think that's no. <laughs> well, cure there is to a cure. Unless there is a cure. There's that quote that you hear sometimes when people talk about this, and it says that um, bad times make strong men. Right. Strong men make good times. Good times make weak men, and weak men make bad times and so it's just a circle we're just in the weak men and women are creating bad times look around you look at the world right now i mean we didn't even talk about like current events but it's not pretty out there and what has to happen is in in tough times is people have to step up and have to learn skills hard skills and then they teach their kids that and then we improve the outlook yeah, that's like the, the only like like is like you said the only the only solutions and cure to this is having a bad time and and I don't think that I don't know if that's going to be pretty. But it'll be pretty you for know, the like three of us because we know that it's coming and we can prepare ourselves. I'm I'm getting some chickens. I'm learning how to garden. I need to learn more um, how to use power tools. Like learn more hard skills. Learn some of the right. skills that your grandparents and great-grandparents all knew how to do, that they were maybe in my high school home ec class, a few of them, and woodshop, which yeah. I don't think, I don't know for sure, but woodshop I don't think exists anymore, and home ec is probably Wait, gone. Wait, what? Really? Um, yeah. So these weird. are skills I mean, like, that they didn't teach very well in school, but you look back 50 years, every single person knew how to put a button back on a shirt and how to plant a yeah. garden. Now... Yeah. You throw away the shirt and you buy your food at the Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> yep. yep, yep. I learned how to weld, and uh, it was terrible. Oh wow! I, my bead was horrible, uh, but I could. I, at least I had I had done it. So I got a question for you guys. Kind of going current events and, and going uh, macro to maybe come back down to micro. Mm-hmm. AI. That's a big. That's a popular topic. Mm-hmm. And so I got to believe that there are competing AIs between the U.S. government, Chinese government, any other nefarious government that's out there that would like to, you know, Russia, whatever. They're all, I, I, I got to believe they're all trying to infiltrate one another's, um, either the electric grid, the, uh, the internet networks, whatever. I think that we will see a time in the next five years where all of a sudden we're sitting here like this, just the three of us, you know, chewing the fat, doing a podcast, and all of a sudden the lights will go out. Everything will shut down. Now, I don't think, just to, just to show I'm not a doomsayer, because I'm really not, I think the lights will come back on in a relatively short period of time. Right. I do think, like, like my, my greatest quote-unquote fear, I don't really live in a lot of fear, but if I, you know, to kind of, Maybe it's a euphemism, but I'll say my greatest concern with AI is not robots all of a sudden marching through my front door and eliminating me because they become they think the environment is better without humans. But I do think that AI will get smart enough that somehow it's going to attack our 
data, electric, water, and there will be a period of just complete like shutdown for a minute. But then we'll come back. And that's whenever, James, I think to your point, we're all going to need to at least for a moment be able to go, okay, it's okay. It's cool. We know we're going to eat for a certain period of time. Even if the grocery stores, we can't go there, we can get food. But in the urban centers, I don't, I wonder if that happens, how long New York City, Chicago, LA, how long before, and I don't think it's it's like less than two days or something. Yeah, because it just massed. There was chaos. a great book Both on that. I mean, great is relative. It was an interesting book. One second after, uh, and Ooh. it basically went through one year after an EMP was detonated over the central United States that knocked out the power mm. grid, and it didn't come back. And oh gosh, like I think something like ninety-five percent of Americans were gone um, in that year, yeah. all of Florida just gone. Um, yeah. And well, because it's so hot though. Yeah. And there's no, what can you grow there really to sustain yeah. yourself? And you can no longer yeah. get food from the breadbasket of America to feed you. There's, it's a peninsula. There's no, as we've seen through all the hurricanes that hit Florida, there's no great way to evacuate. It's just yeah. in that scenario, it's not a great place to live. Um, but on the AI topic, one thing that I think is interesting is AI, I, as far as what I've seen, doesn't have morals, right from wrong. Mm-mm. Because I no. saw someone type a question, say, hey, what's a good excuse I can use of why I'm passing people in traffic or something? And it went through this articulate, very well written, full of <laughs> apologies and sympathy. It was great. I, if someone gave me that excuse, I'd go, wow, this is a really thoughtful person. Like, go ahead, pass me. Like, it's fine. I won't even be upset. The problem was, it was all based on a lie. The entire thing was a lie. It wasn't the truth. The person just wanted to get home to get home, but it was talking about a sick relative at home, and they needed to get home to take care of them, and et cetera, et cetera. And that's not good. We can't be utilizing a technology to do whatever we're going to do with it if it doesn't know basic right from wrong, things that we teach kids when they're two years old. But that brings to, okay, so, and that brings to the the age-old question, who determines what is right and what is wrong? If in the postmodernist, you know, mind, James, that's kind of like the ideal. And who are you to say that that was a lie? If the, if the means met the end, then... Was it really I mean, wrong? The, per, if, it, the person knows it was a lie, don't they? It's hard to say. Like, well, so like, like, like Jason asked, like, what's a, what's a, I think I asked James after trade this before. What's, what's, who define morality? Who define the morality? It's the, I mean, I think he, I think in conclusion, he said that like human have basic morality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's encoded you know, like within us for stuff. sure. Yeah. Except if you have but, a psychological disorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than, than kill other people, everything else is pretty much determined by the large society. Back then, being gay wasn't okay, right? But, you know, now because the society has changed, being gay is okay. You know, like all this morality, like, like, I asked like the the simple question, the simplest questions. If a man stole the bread from a grocery store to feed the kid, the the the, star, the starving kids, is he in the wrong? Is he in the right? 
we don't know because morality is very subjective. Yeah, and that that brings us to the point of what Nietzsche was saying whenever he first when he made the claim, God is dead. And what he was saying, a lot of people think you know they beat up on Nietzsche for that, but essentially he was saying, okay, so what are you going to do? What's next? And because if if God is in fact dead, and you don't believe that there is a higher power that is worthy of good moral behavior then essentially it's anything goes until it becomes the the trend of the day or what's accepted of the day. I mean, there was a point in 1939 where if you to, to see a Jew walking down the street with uh, the star of David on his sleeve and, and his store being, you know, the, the glass of his store being shattered and him being persecuted, no big deal. That wasn't, that wasn't, that's what one of the things they struggle with at the Nuremberg trials. Um, they they're like oh my gosh i mean we have to determine what it what is good and what is evil right here right now during these trials because if we don't then it's going to be just a little atoms of it's it's for each society to decide for themselves and that could be a problem and the nuremberg trials kind of set a standard globally for good and evil what is moral what is not and i think that to back to the AI deal, I think that's kind of what we're toying with now. The ma- I think we're really starting to, you know, I think we're really jumping headlong into the matrix. I just asked <laughs> I on this topic. I just asked one of the newer um, AI systems. It's a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just asked mm-hmm. if it was okay to steal from the grocery store to feed my family, and it gave me a great long answer. But this is just. Uh, one one section. Ultimately, the decision of whether or not to steal from a grocery store is a personal one. There is no right or wrong answer. And you will need to weigh the risks and the benefits carefully before making a decision. There's no right or wrong answer. I mean... No. Uh, 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 <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's what, what, what they call the morality crossroad or whatever. Because it's just like nowadays, right? It's just literally like nowadays. You have you will have mm-hmm. one party like, yeah, that guy is okay because he is starving. He needs something to feed his family. And this uh, shop owner probably doesn't realize, does, doesn't really matter if he lost a bread. But you have another party like, well, he's doing something wrong. This, this uh, the shop owner has to sell something to feed himself. You know, what if everyone does that every day, then he will run out of business. So we're at a morality crossroad again. And the shop, but yeah, it's funny. the shop owner can't feed himself if everyone steals from him. Then he can't feed himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and so it's funny that you bring this up. This is not a shameless book, uh, plug for my book, but I actually put this very really? scenario in the Stone Chiseler. Yes, the there's a scene where the father, and you know, I guess this kind of might be a spoiler alert, but I doubt anybody's going to read it anyway. But it's um, there's a scene where the the father of Giovanni, the the stone chiseler character, he, they're basically starving, and so the father goes to town. He tells his son to wait for him, where he can't see what he's doing because he feels so ashamed of himself. And he goes to the back of this bakery, and where they throw out stale bread that's meant for the farmers to take and and give their uh, give their pigs. 
and he's determined that the only way he can feed his son is to steal a loaf of the bread that was really destined for swine and and I and I go through the entire the struggle that this guy is having and he has this conversation with himself he's like he's like what what am I do he's like do I do it he said you know surely the 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 governing authorities would not hold it against me nor would God hold it against me to take and feed my son bread that was intended for swine and i'm going to leave most of the loaves for the pigs but i'm just going to take this one to feed my son and so he does it he takes the bread but then all of a sudden his moral code kicks in and he says wait a minute how can i do this if i give my son this bread this will completely annihilate every single thing i've ever taught him so in that moment He's, he's thinking to himself, yes, this will feed me, it'll feed my son, but it'll also destroy something else that must be fed, which is my son's moral code and his objective understanding of right and wrong. And the reason why I wrote that and wrote that struggle was because now you take on the micro level, I think, okay, yes, I have to do this to feed my child. But on the macro level, then all of a sudden you're not – you're not setting up a system of law. You're not uh, law and order. It, you're you're adding just a certain element of subjectivity, saying that it's okay to break the law if. And then whenever you if you do that one time, then all of a sudden the circumstances become uh, subjective. So then it's like, well, what's the, what do you mean your son is starving? Is he really starving or was he just really, really hungry? And are you just really, really hungry? And, and also are, have you, did you really exhaust every single means of getting food before you stole the bread? And whereas the law, right and wrong, black and white, moral absolutes, they eliminate all future incidences of subjective amoral behavior right that's that's kind of the way i now literally that was just kind of a stream of consciousness kind of thinking this through where we get in trouble if we start to as noble and as understanding as we may see why you broke the law you know for example it's like you know sam harris his his famous his now famous deal that it didn't matter even if we were to essentially act in an amoral way to stop Donald Trump from becoming president. Right. It was justified because Donald Trump becoming president was so bad that by any means necessary. Well, that's how dictators think. That's how Hitler was thinking. That's how Genghis Khan thought. And I know that Sam Harris did not mean it like that. And I'm not, I'm not trying to beat up on Sam Harris, although I vehemently – disagreed with him on that point because we you can't have people that say hey look generally speaking morals this sort of morals thou shalt not steal most people should abide by that but if you're as brilliant as i am and you know what's best for everybody like i do you can put it aside for a moment or if your circumstances are such that you're in really dire straits you can put them aside then because if you say this because this going back to the Nuremberg trials I'm sorry guys I'm on a soapbox but going back because if you start to be subjective 
with good, bad, what is evil, what is not, what is moral, what is not, then you can actually allow a defense for a Nazi uh, concentration camp soldier for everything he did. I I knew it was amoral to shoot these Jews in the head and kick them into a pit, but it's what I was told to do. Hmm. So it does bring up a good question. You talked about law a lot and laws are made by man and Mm -hmm. morals aren't laws. They can be, but they're not necessarily laws. Um, Where I think the, the bottom line is our moral if if morals come from man then who cares break them do whatever you can to make yourself better if morals come from somewhere else maybe you should look at why you're following them and why is it that most people know right from wrong in their own body like they know you can feel it when you do something wrong you feel it you think about it it weighs on you it's not the law. I'm not talking about the law. Like you, everyone speeds, everyone breaks the law. Like it's different than morals. But why is that? Why is that encoded in all of us? That's why we have lawyer. <laughs> help us. <laughs> well, lawyers help us break the laws, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Whatever you can prove in a court of law. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that's a great. That's a great point. James and and I think that goes back even further. Let's say that there was a time, but w- which none of us existed in, in which the lines were blurred. It was kind of just left to man and the order of the day. And I and I'll, I I would make the argument that the first historical figure to come along and kind of disrupt that apple cart of wait a minute, you may think this is right and you may think this is normal, but it's not. I would say it was Jesus. I think Jesus was the first historical figure to come along. And and someone can correct me on that. I'll fully be open-minded about that. But I think that human rights sort of started to come into play when Jesus had this idea of, first of all, throughout the Bible, as we know, uh, or for those who have read the Bible, that women are placed in a much more um, prominent position in in the the Bible, in particular the New Testament, than in any other historical document of that of that time. And and you know, and so I think that's where we started hearing from a higher force of this. This is you've heard. This is the law. You know, that's that's what you've heard. This, but I'm saying this that has again. It's weird, James. You you made a great point, man. Um. You know, Jesus came and said he he quoted the law, the the rabbinic law. I mean, left and right, he knew it in spades. But he's like, but now it, you shouldn't do it just because it's the law. You should do it because your heart t- follow your heart tells you this is wrong. Don't don't deceive yourself. And then of course he goes on to teach us that um, the law of Moses and then what uh, what God has to say about these things. So you are fulfilling a, a covenant that is between you and a higher being. And I think we should all have something that's well beyond ourselves. I think that's why they most statistics show that people of faith, not just Christians, but people of faith in general are happier and more successful, have better relationships is because they don't believe they are a God into themselves, which kind of brings us back to current events where we are today. 
I think if there's anything that we're really, really messing up right now in society is that we are becoming our own God. And it's not, there is no truth. That's the thing I, I asked somebody this one time, uh, not too long ago, it, it was, this person was giving me this, um, argument of two people. Well, this is my truth and whatever in, in relationships. I'm like, well, first of all, what, what determines, how can, how can each individual have their own truth? There's only, there should only be one truth, right? And if you don't, otherwise it's not a truth. It's just a, it's just an opinion. I mean, am I thinking about that? That's right? a good question. What is it? What is the definition of truth? Like truth to me is what's right, but can what's right be different depending on the person? <sighs> what do you think, Jay? I, I, I do think that truth. I mean, that's always one truth. I always think that that's always one truth, but at the same time, truth means differently to other people. I'm not sure if that makes sense. Like I the perspective of truth is different for other. That's people. That's a great point. It's like if so you when you went to school, you had the ruler and right, and it had all the measurements in it, and you're like, oh, go and measure this. Truth would be like our version of truth today. I believe would be like if two different kids had two different rulers with different markings on it. Well, mine mm -hmm. says this is only 11 inches. Well, mine says it's 12. Well, mine's right, I'm holding it right here in my hand. The other kid's saying, maybe they're both right, but they have the wrong instrument to be measuring the truth with. Yeah, I think that um, another good way to look at that one is, uh, you know, so, we could all agree universally, I think, that on the surface, lying is wrong. Yet, we wouldn't agree that you should never lie. Uh, you Because know, some people would say, I do not lie under any circumstance. And they'd be lying. <laughs> no matter. And they, well, they would be lying then, most likely. Because, because the, and the other person would say, well, I don't either unless I think the truth would hurt someone and so then it becomes okay well now it's so what so if lying is wrong either do you do it in all circumstances so this like no I think lying is wrong but I just think that um, but I don't agree that lying is wrong 100% of the time and so then we start having categories of well you know, it, I of, think it's the, well, ju your justification of lying are you lying for a good reason or are you lying for self gain uh, are you lying because you don't want grandma Muriel's feelings hurt that she gave you a sweater and you think it's hideous and she said did you like did you wear that sweater I gave you and you said love it grandma thank you like is that a yeah. lie or is it not a lie that's a I don't I don't know and it brings us back to right back to the bread yeah well bread yeah i'm stealing the bread for the right reasons so and it's not know. hurting anyone i mean it was gonna go to pigs yeah it was gonna go to pigs for kind of like God, this these are good this is good stuff it's tough and i don't think i i think for myself my own moral compass right and wrong if the lie in that scenario made me feel bad and guilty and i thought about it and i regretted it it was clearly wrong. I know that. 
And I think that's maybe a starting point is not just like, how does it make you feel? But like, was there hesitation or regret or anything? Because I believe our soul gives us those clues if we listen to it. I, I like that. I like that. Mm. That's a, uh, all right. So just to, all right, now I'm just going to throw back an AI question to you guys. Are you scared of AI? What, no. what's, I, I love I, AI. I'm not afraid of AI for the for the reason yeah. that I think it's not very good. I mean, humans are well, so much he, more creative, and I would think it's great if AI can take some meaningless jobs. Here's my thought. Here's my basic understanding of AI. And Jay, I like Jay go because he's much more in the well, know I, with I, it. I think it's no, I'm probably not in the but know. I wanna, but I, I just want to say this. If an AI can replace someone's job, that's great because that person is now freed up to do something of a higher purpose. If a computer can replace See, I, it, that's it's, good. It's funny. I mean, we think it's good, but for them, they think it's not good. Uh, so well, say that then, to sh- like, okay, people's jobs get replaced yeah, by exactly. upgrades all the time. Like, I, I'm sure uh, most yeah. Americans are happy that we're not all in the fields picking blueberries anymore because now we have million dollar yeah. machines that do it. But but the thing is like every transition, every every transition time that's always a outroar, right? Like back then, do you remember that's like they call it the what the the oil, the oil kits or whatever that they go around the the city and light up the the oh the yeah the light, yeah yeah the the and then and then at some point there was a bowling kit like where like the the kids would go out and rearrange the the pin. Yeah. yeah, and then you know they're like they took our job away, but that was a horrible job because all the kids are being hurt because they will like bowl into them all the time. Um, but at this, you know, it's like even right now, I'm pretty sure they are, they are, that's going to be some out 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 raw. That's a well, you know, refrigerators replaced the jobs of the people that pulled all the ice out of the ponds, mm-hmm. replaced the milkman. The only reason that we yeah. needed milkmen was because there wasn't great refrigeration. So you needed the milk delivered daily. You couldn't go to the grocery store and get it and have it last two weeks. And pasteurization and so many other technological advances. Yeah, yeah. so like for every job that's being replaced that's gonna have some new job being created. A new job of creating new social infrastructures that we can all debate the right of wrong. That's what all these these people that are being replaced (laughs) by robot computers are now gonna be able to debate all of these topics at length instead of doing anything yeah. meaningful. <laughs> Go on TikTok, scroll on TikTok. But yeah, I, I love AI. Like I use AI every day, uh, like for like, you know, produce show, to write script, to like just, you know, like make my workflow better. I use it every day and then create like artwork and stuff like that. But but yeah, it's on James Quandell's point, like AI doesn't have a unique experience. They can, re- they can recreate unique experience but they can experience a unique uh, you know experience. my biggest concern of AI in its current form is when I ask advice if I call Jason up and I'm struggling with something and I'm asking for advice I'm getting it from Jason someone I trust I know what he's been through I know his morals yeah. I know what we believe in I know I, a lot of times know what he might even tell me if I ask the AI a question Who's giving them the information? Where are they getting the information from? And do I trust that source? The answer, based on the questions I've asked AI so far, is not someone I would trust. 
And yeah. that concerns me because sure, if you ask right, very simple right from wrong questions, should I steal from the grocery store? It gives you, it doesn't give you a definitive answer on if it's right or wrong. It tells you there is no right or wrong answer. Okay, I know not to trust that. But now if I have it doing my work for me, it's also putting that, that same in, stuff in there in its own way and can you trust it? Yeah, and I mean like it's great for researching. Like I, I use it to research and write my script, but like I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask them like, "Hey, what should I do with my kids, or what should I do with my dog?" Your show, so you the know? show notes. So is AI doing the show notes for that for the show now? Let's go look at James. For mine, mine James. Uh, for James Outage's show. Uh, no, I, I, I don't think so. But for uh, title, yeah, I didn't write a show note. Uh, Nathan write a show note. Um, but for my show that I'm developing right now, it's definitely AI writing the script and then I editing the, the script from the AI. One, th I'm gonna be one like, thing I, I did always, use, I, I used yeah. Notepad, notepd.com for titles for my podcast. What I would do is I would finish the podcast, I'd write the introduction to the podcast, like what I was gonna speak on the beginning of the show, and I would put kind of like my basic notes into Notepad and I would have it generate an idea list from that. And then I would look at those yeah. ideas and come up with maybe clever ways to write a title for the show. Not that I took anything exactly as it was, but it just made me think differently. In that scenario, yeah. I'm thinking of AI more as a, as a I can't say this word, a thesaurus. A thesaurus? Right. It's giving me thesaurus, additional yeah. ways of looking at things quickly that I can then put my spin on and my opinion into i'm not just taking it verbatim yeah that's what i that's what i did like for my for my show for the show that i'm developing right now uh for my own show i i just sent it in i'm like write a script for me about this thing about this person and then i'll ask questions and i'm like okay rewrite this incorporate this and then i will copy those out to 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 another document and then i will read it and then i will edit it and then if I think that, okay, I should add something here, I will copy that that paragraph, paste it in, like rewrite this to to be to be easier to read, or rewrite this to incorporate some of these details. And it's what are you I using, Jay? Which, which, or both of you guys, what, what services are you guys using? I'm just using ChatGPT. I've only James? really used Google's Bard program. Oh, Bard sucks. It's not very good. I yeah, don't know how to get. How much, I don't know how to get into Chat GTP. Is it GTP or GPT? Well, you can just sign up GPT. You just sign up for it. I thought, but it's Jay. But how much does it cost? I can't under. I'm afraid I'm going to start using it and get hooked on it, and it's going to cost me a fortune. Like I'm using Jasper. I think Jasper was the first one that I did just for blogging Jas and yeah. Jasper is more concise. Like they, you get, it's it's already developed to what it's supposed to be. ChatGPT is more like open, like okay. yeah, open thing. I think it's like 20 bucks a month, something like that, or 10 bucks so a month. So I do have a question yeah, about like, this that you guys might know more about. I've, I've read that there's this group of smart people. Some of them I, I actually listen to for marketing advice. Um, David Meerman Scott, for example, um, they want a pause on AI development. Yeah, that's yeah even that. the Elon Musk too. Said that. Yeah. yeah. What's up with that? I have I no idea. I think that it's, here's my thing. It's like, I, I, Elon's been warning about AI. He obviously thinks it can do some, some really nefarious things and it's going to be bad in the long run if gone unchecked. But the thing is, I, I think that 
that's a that's a barn door. The horse is out of the barn. You can't stop it. It's like right now this bill that's being written to um, to regulate kids being on social media. I like the idea, but I think that's a parental job. I don't think there's any law that's going to stop this stuff. Um, it's kind of like back in the day. Do you guys remember? Y'all were probably too young, but whenever Dolly was uh, created out of uh, stem cells. The, oh, the the sheep. Sheep? yeah. No one wanted to do that, but you're also, they're going to find a corner of the world where they don't give a damn. They're just going to do it anyway. So uh, it, it gives me reason for pause, James. That's why I asked the questions. Like, you know, there's some really bright people that know way more. I mean, like Elon is one of the creators of ChatGPT. I think he's, he's saying, a creator. He just, I think he's just an investor. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Didn't he I give a he bunch like of money to open AI or yeah. whatever okay. he founded? Yeah, open AI. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Well, either way, I think it's something that um, well, it, I hate that they're as concerned as they are. It did. It, they, they did have some privacy issues because you know if you keep, you could be giving bad advice. You can make like cybersecurity like harder because you know you can use it, use it to like you can trick it to write out some uh, vulnerability to some you know some computer and stuff like that that's why they were i think that's part of the worries and then also like privacy copyright like you know if you want to write something in someone's style or whatever you know some people hate it and like especially if you look at what's happened last week or two weeks ago with drake and weekend like they, yeah. they just create a song using their voice and then it sounds great so they're afraid of i it. saw but that at the same time joe rogan and some of his guests, they were like making yeah. fake podcast episodes with with their. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Rogan and uh, Steve Jobs. Oh, Steve Jobs. Yeah. Oh, it was completely fake. Yeah, it's completely See, fake. I, that I was saw, a, like, a while ago. A fake. It took snippets, rearranged them of guests that were living, but I didn't oh. see the it's Steve it. Jobs one. Now, how do you do that, Jay? How do you get like images of people that are created? Like I've seen that too, where there's some. Um, somebody was telling me it was actually a marketing executive that I'm working with that said they were doing a project where they said okay we need people that have this color hair this color eyes that are roughly this age holding this client's um, logo or banner and it whipped it out and they were amazing and it was yeah. like these people that didn't really exist how, yeah. how, how do you do that that's mis- that's something called mid journey uh that's why i'm using to mid journey like you have to be very very specific like hey there has okay. to be this 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 it's with this 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 and then you have to put some perimeter to make it look good but there's still something that you can't really figure out they can't figure out it's they will have a mid miss mismatch colors eyes or they will have like six fingers Okay. You know, or, or there's some weird thing that's going on but but still like if you if you crop your thing without all that or, or you know without a hand or whatever you know it's great uh i think i think i was uh i think i uh i sent uh my puzzle to 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 james condell so what i did is i'm i'm writing this puzzle book very slowly it's a crossword puzzle book i just create a story from ChatGPT, and then create a puzzle, and then and then I'll just go to I just go to Midjourney like, hey, this is the character from my stories. Create the illustrations of the creator uh, uh, of the of my story, and then just create it within like seconds. 
I'm going to have to take. So can I use that? Because I've got a couple of children's books that I've written. Yeah. I need illustration for it. Can I use it for that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what people are using it for. Uh, James, have you have you have you do my crossword puzzle? You know, it's right. I was just going to say I didn't know you didn't tell me that this was done with AI. So you're telling me everything is done like with that, AI. This was this was done by AI. Even the picture. Yeah. yeah I had n- the picture is done oh, by I AI. had no idea. Like even the What's crossword the puzzle. The crossword puzzle, right? Like the boxes. The boxes I did it manually. So here's but one issue. Is here's AI. one issue with this. Um, so you've got the story on the back. Um, yeah. I'm going to rearrange it. But it's not it, super intuitive to me to know. Like it says, she was known to A as she walked, which I know See, is to across because I, I know what it means. But it, it no 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 no. So like so, I have to put the rule. I didn't put the rule in. So, okay, so you need so that still. The rule is like yeah, I still need the rules. I haven't. I didn't write the rules. The rule is you have to finish a crossword puzzle first, and then you do the story. So the crossword puzzle and the stories are two different. I things, get that. Yeah, but it. what I'm saying is when you so you've got the she was known to a blank, and yeah. a I know is two across. How do you know it's two across? Because it's not. It's not that. It's not. So the the numbering system are two different things. Oh, so you're saying I fill out the whole crossword puzzle and then I'll know then that those words mismatch, go somewhere yeah. in the puzzle, in the story. Yep, in the story. But yep. it doesn't tell me where. Yeah, it doesn't tell you. Ah, okay. I didn't get that. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. So that's why I have to write the rules first, and then I'm gonna change it to I will have the puzzle, right? At the puzzle, and then have the clues one page. And then at the back of it, we have concept art and then the stories so that you can actually, you don't have to like keep flipping back and forth. Okay. Because I so printed it on two sides. Ones. So I've got the puzzle on yeah. one side and then I've got the story on the yeah, back. Yeah, that's, 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 that's why I was thinking. I'm like, okay, shit, that will be, that will be hard for people to do the puzzle. Oh, and the, good and the point. Stories You're right. Because like they have to like f- keep flipping that's back and forth. That's a good point. So, you have, so if I have the puzzle on first page, second page is the clue third page is the concept art then the fourth page is a story so they can actually just hold it up the one page and then they can just fill it up if they want to yeah that's uh, and what's, what's the program called that you're using uh mid journey mid journey yeah you have to pay for it if you want to use it more intensively uh it's like ten dollars or eight ten dollars a month or twenty dollars a month i can't remember oh, that's worth that yeah like so like that you will learn how to use it like you like you have to type my, my process is I'm, I'm, I'm using ChatGPT to generate the prompt for mid-journey. Got it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I've learned too. It, it, you can't, it's hard to find, and this will come, I'm sure, but it's hard to find like a one-stop shop. Like I'm using mm-hmm. Jasper and then what's the other? I'm using Designer. That one I think is really cool. Microsoft, I, right? Microsoft Designer, the new one? I don't know. Who, uh, no, it's not a Microsoft product. Oh. I don't know. It was, let me tell you something. Right now, all of Instagram knows I'm researching a lot of AI programs because I'm getting advertised for all of them. Right. And so I try, but design is like D, it's like D-I-S-I-N-E-R-R. Uh, this, is, this is a different one. So Microsoft just has a, just, Microsoft just re, uh, released this called Designer, literally D-E, you know, just Designer. Okay. Uh, Microsoft Designer, it's a new way to like, you know, create create your post literally just any social post well, let me tell you something here's what's going to be amazing and james Quandall, you can appreciate this 
and I haven't tried it yet because I'm afraid I'll be let down, but I know it's going to be there even if it's not right now, is to be able to get AI to perfectly format a book for Amazon because that's the biggest freaking punch in the nuts over and over and over whenever you are trying to get a book formatted to upload to the uh, Kindle publishing store. It's just, you just need to, you just need to know from the second you start designing the book, what size book you're going to do. Are you going to do nine by six or what are you going to do? And then otherwise you're trying to fit a certain size book into the wrong size and you will never work. And we learned that we learned that one the hard way. Oh, well, so did I. And that's why the stone chiseler is weird. I mean, it's, it turned out it's a, I like the size, it's kind of a nice thickness and everything, but it's a book that's like 300 pages that in reality is about a hundred and sixty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's why, that's why like I'm trying to, I think I'm going to, I mean, I haven't done the, the, the crossword in a while now. Like I should go get back into it because I generate another stories and then the story was so deep so I have to ask my girlfriend to read <laughs> to make sure that it's not crazy. Um, because it's if I say if I tell them to write it in JK Rowling uh, voice I'm like this is very easy because you know like like the story in there it's this is very easy to read. But I'm trying to write it in other other author voice I'm like this is hard to read I don't know if it makes sense. So but I have to get back to it. I think I'm just going to do like 10 stories and 10 crossword puzzles and call it a day. All right, so how long are the stories, Jay? I didn't know you were doing just this. Just one page. One page. Okay. That's what I'm trying to do. Just one page stories. And so if I once I work the crossword puzzle, I have all the words to the story. Does the story does do all the words have to fall in the exact place as the original that you've nope. developed, or can there be some variants? That, so like not all the words will be used in the stories, but like all the fill in the blank will will be the words. Like but it's not in in order. Oh, I didn't know that either. So it doesn't use all the words. Doesn't use all the words. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And then some words can, there are some words that repeat, you know, like let's say if I'm doing a theme, if I'm doing a plan theme, uh, crossword puzzle, like obviously some plans can be used a couple of times. Then the words of the plans can be used a couple of times. Like rose can appear a couple of times or, or, or like banana can appear a couple of times. Or, or, or no, be a couple times, but like let's say if one phrase they're like, oh, I'm using this plan to 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 make a potion, and it can be a banana, it can be uh, you know, it could be uh, orange or whatever, but it's still in the crossword puzzle. So yeah, sometimes you know, one one blank can have multiple answer. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, it's not easy. It's uh, it's funny because I thought it would be easy to make. Making the crossword is the hardest part. Making the box. You know, there was the a guy part. that used to, I don't know if it was a YouTube, the guy who does a New York Times crossword. Uh, uh, Steve Shaw, uh, Swartz. Is, something I short. think he, at one point, he was on Instagram Live or Twitter or Twitch or somewhere showing how it was made, like while they were doing it. Oh, shit. It's, it's pretty cool. Well, I tried to, I was trying to occupy my brain in a, in an intelligent way on a airplane here, not so long ago, going to New York. And I tried to create some crossword puzzles and dude, it was, it was hard. It's really hard, much harder than I had anticipated. And uh, also like, if you, if you guys don't know that apparently there are different type of crossword puzzle. They are free form and that's like a traditional uh, New York Times oh. type, uh, there's a name for it, but I can't remember. It's New York Times type is literally um, a square 
that you have 16 by 16 or whatever, and right. then every square is being used. Yeah. It, and then, oh, you have a free form, like the one that I sent to James. Those are free form. Those are like square, just everywhere. It's, like, it it's really more like, it's like Scrabble. You put it where you want it's to like put Scrabbles, it. It's like Scrabbles, yeah. Yeah, they it. call it a crisscross crossword puzzle or something like that. All right, if you guys want to see a random it's not it's not an academy award winner by any means it's not going to be the greatest movie you ever saw but if you want to see a good fun just kind of like candy for your brain sandra bullock movie in which she her, her acting is great because it's so non-sandra bullock and it's got also bradley cooper in it all about steve um check it out her job she is a crossword puzzle Oh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I saw that, and did, everyone thought that the like crossword puzzle person was actually a guy, right? Because yeah, she so. was anonymous. Think, yeah, yeah. I think. That's or her right. name was a, a, she's, a male name. I don't remember. And she's so Sandra Bullock is so random in this movie. I mean, again. So if any of the listeners that hear this, all about Steve, don't watch it and hate it and hate me. I'm just telling you. It, if, if it's just a good it's just a quirky kind of just if you don't know what else to watch on a friday or saturday night saturday night check out um i thought it was a pretty good movie rotten tomatoes gives it a six percent um uh, if you believe that if you believe them <laughs> see that's the thing i think i looked that up too and it was like terrible i was like i always feel kind of like i'm am I missing something whenever i'm so far off from rotten tomatoes but um I think I did see that that it didn't and, get a Google. And the so, audience score was a thirty percent out of two hundred and fifty thousand people. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I think it's probably because they just expected something completely different from Sandra right. Bullock. Maybe I don't know, but I, it's good. I mean, Sandra Bullock's uh, movie sometimes is very random. Like she can be really good, and she's really good in everything. But like her movie could be sometimes be very serious, but at the same time, at the same time, sometimes could be like weird, like Proposal. <laughs> I, I agree. Let me tell you. Oh, I love the proposal, dude. That's one of my. Really? That's one of my favorite. Just oh, that's one of my guilty pleasure movies. Because I, I, look, I have the biggest man crush on Ryan Reynolds. You uh, know? Yeah. I don't even. Yeah, he might. I, if, if Ryan came and asked me to drink a little bit of aviation gin, I might break my five-year non-drinking streak just because I think Ryan Reynolds is so cool. But um, I was just having this. So I just watched another movie with Sandra Bullock this week. Twenty-eight days. Have y'all seen that one where she goes to rehab? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like kind of dark comedy, but also serious theme. Again, not the greatest movie in the world, but pretty darn good. And I told Jimlin when we were watching that movie, Sandra Bullock is probably one of the most underrated actresses. Now, granted, she's made the 20 million or whatever, and she's, I mean, my gosh, nobody, and she's well known, but she's really freaking good. She, I mean, she really, like, to your point, Jake, she can be like an awesome comedic actor, but she also, she plays the dramatic roles pretty amazingly too. Um, Hope floats yeah. and oh, the, uh, something bird or something. Oh yeah, bird box was that yeah. bird box called? Yeah, you know she's 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 really really good. She's really good. Um, but yeah, y'all should uh, y'all should check out uh, all about. Well, you said you've seen it, James. All about Steve, and um, yeah, I think she's. Uh, oh, you know what movie I just saw recently? that I had never seen before and I freaking loved um, Annie Hall. Hmm. I finally watched, you know, I've never been a Woody Allen fan, but I watched Annie Hall and this is crazy. So Abby and I are sitting somewhere. I mean, Jay, this is probably kind of where James used to live. I don't know, but we were on the Upper East Side 
over at right across from the Ralph Lauren mansion, having coffee at Ralph's. And all of a sudden I look over and there's this old dude with this Asian girl that you could tell was younger than him, but not a lot younger wearing this green army field coat. And I kid you not, it was freaking Woody Allen. And I told, yes, I I told Abby, I was like, Oh my gosh, there's Woody Allen. That's so crazy. Well, then uh, two weeks ago, because Jim Lynn and I are both huge Diane Keaton fans. We decided, I said, we we need to watch Annie Hall. That was like, I think they're one of their first movies together. They really did a lot of things together. It was, and, um, Annie Hall was kind of like her first really big breakout role. Let's check it out. And he's wearing a green army field coat in Annie Hall. So I'm convinced it's the same one. I'm convinced Mm. that Woody Allen's that type of guy that he's just hung on to that great old army field jacket this whole time. And I got to see it in person. That's pretty cool. And that movie's got a 97% Rotten Tomato score and 92% audience score. So I would say when I look at that, I do like to look at that sometimes. I, I like to see either the audience score high and really low tomato score, and I know that's going to be a good movie, right. or they're both really high, right. and I know that's going to be a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, the rotten tomato score doesn't matter anymore. It's all about the audience <laughs> score. The score. Uh, I, I'm telling you, it's and the thing is, like, what I was, I, I tried to get into some of, like, I watched um, Manhattan, which, okay, so I love New York. I mean, you know, we, that's what we we love going to New York, and so Woody Allen. One of his things is he always uses New York as basically one of his characters. That's kind of what he's known for. And so I try to watch Manhattan, which is okay. It was it was decent, and uh, but I'd always wanted to watch Annie Hall to see if I could really like him. And his just nihilistic cynicism that he writes into his movies, uh, making fun of conservatives, liberals, hippies, um, yuppies. It's it's. It's awesome. That's why I really I see why people like Woody Allen so much is because that dude just he's he doesn't take anybody very seriously, including himself. And Annie Hall, it all comes through in spades. It's really good. I'm just looking. So maybe that should be. I'm one just of looking at movies. Shows. I'm trying to remember the name of this movie we watched recently, and it was a New York kind of mob esque movie. Oh, it was so good. What was the name of that? I need it. I need some, you know, I'll tell you right now. I think that a good, a, there may be a podcast out there that's doing this or, or a blog, but here's a million dollar idea. If someone writes a really cool woke meter movie <laughs> review, if you're willing to sit down and watch all the new movies and rate it from a one to 10 on wokeness, because that's one of the things that sucks right now is you sit down to watch one of the newer movies and then all of a sudden they pull out the freaking woke hammer and just start beating the shit out of your face. And it's like, God, I was really enjoying it up until then, you know? And so if, if someone would do that, if you could create a woke meter for all the new movies, home run. Idea. Well, you guys Isn't heard about the beer, right? Happening? The, Oh the, yeah. The, 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 what's it? Ultra conservative yeah. beer or something like that. Well, Jason oh, said this before. Um, I might've been on the podcast, but if you, if something goes woke, if you create a business on the other side of the yep. spectrum, regardless of what your beliefs yep. are, like there needs to be, if, if one group gets alienated, there needs to be a product for that group. Um, yep. And this, they yep. sold so much, um, so fast. Yeah, I'll try right beer. Yeah, it, the video That's, is hilarious. Right the guy beer. looks like Tom Brady. I know. And he's uh, yeah, like, got this beer, beer and he's hitting the yeah, baseball cans of Budweiser. Right I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty uh, good. I've, I've the movie um, was The Freshman. Have you seen that one? 
Oh gosh, that was Matthew. Yeah, I just and, seen uh, it like a couple months ago. Oh, oh it was Brando. so good. Oh, it's so great. And he's they have this restaurant where they're serving exotic animals, which is a genius I idea. Was too, like, I would go to the restaurant. Um, what I what was funny is I ended up like just serving them all. Well, I don't want to give a. I don't. Yeah. Man, this movie's pretty old, no, it's but not, it's not what boy. you think it is. <laughs> Right, exactly. No, it's it's so it's so great. Yeah, you know, I forgot about that movie. Yes, fantastic. And I think that's a remake of an old movie. I never saw the old. One. I know there's another old movie called The Freshman. I don't know if it's the same thing, but that and, and, and the funny part about it is Marlon Brando in that movie. He's like almost a caricature of Vito Corleone. You know, he like he he like kind of acts like that character, and it's just yeah, great, 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 great stuff. Yeah, and um. Yeah, speaking about a speaking speaking about a book movie, that would be the Little Mermaid, right? The the remake of Little Mermaid. Uh, I won't watch the remakes. I'm just not even. I'm not. I'm just not gonna do it. It's, it's weird to, it. to me because have you yeah. seen the post poster for it? Like the poster for all the character. No. They make no. a ultra realistic Sebastian and the fish. Uh, what's his What's his name? Uh, his name, but they 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 wouldn't go with the ultra realistic backstory. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm just not gonna do it. I mean, it's just weird. I mean, like, I. I mean, I think they can do whatever they want to, but you know, like, if they want to play to the narrative, they sure go. Well, for who's it, paying for this stuff? Know. That's the question. Disney, right? That's the thing. How are they continuing to make money when they know that no one's watching? I mean, next thing you know, Disney's going to make a movie where Old Yeller is a cat that becomes a service pet and doesn't die in the end. Yeah. Who's gonna, that's what's going to happen. It's, it's going to keep just getting more and more. See, the, 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 the funny thing the, to me is that yeah, the, take, the, the, there is a reason it. Disney's been laying off thousands of people at their uh, their, their streaming yeah. surface. And but you know what, companies. I, I, here's the sad part about it: companies are going to do the exact same thing as blue states. They're never going to match the decisions they're making, their business decisions they're making, with the outcomes of their lower stock price. Their not making enough money to keep these employees they'll never connect those dots it'll always it'll always just be some big evil nefarious force out there it's it's racism or bigotry that's causing it it's not their decisions i mean it's just you know la county is a a county in despair not because of political decisions that have been made but just because of what i don't know to be fair like i didn't think they should there should be a live action Spider-Man movie at all. No, I agree, man. Just like look at Lion King. I mean, I mean, it was well made, but just doesn't. Yeah, that it's not that exciting. movie was not good, was it? Yeah, the the remake. Yeah, I mean, like it's funny because when you speak spoke about Wong, like they only they only recast they only remake white character into you know. Uh, oh yeah, character, oh, but like they they are not touching all the Asian character. No, well, yeah, and there's, I mean, could you imagine if they just all of a sudden, like, a, oh, that's a, we made Harlem Knights and a bunch of white dudes? Yeah, or like uh, a Mulan in, with a bunch oh, of like black people or like Hispanic oh, people in Mulan. I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah this, but that's one of these days, guys that are powerful enough, like Vince Vaughn, uh, you know, Matthew McConaughey, the Wilsons, they're going to make like the ultimate woke spoof movie and it's gonna be yeah. amazing they can though they can though that's the thing oh, they can, they can. Know. They, maybe not I think some of them are just kind of, is like Matthew I, Ma- isn't really Matthew McConaughey woke is he woke I don't know I think he picks and chooses I don't know I mean every, I, I, every so called woke person pick and chooses yeah I, 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 yeah 
Matthew McConaughey. So I used to be a, and I'm, I still am. I, I, I like Matthew McConaughey, but like Jim Lynn wanted me to listen to, he was on Kelly Ripa's podcast. And I'm like, you know, they're, they're making Matthew McConaughey out to be just a little too much of like the Oracle of, you know, that's who we're a good dude. Seems like a good hearted guy, but I'm like his, his episode on the Tim Ferriss podcast when his green lights book came out was really mm-hmm. good. Uh, and the book Green Lights is good. He went I on the circuit and went on every podcast. Um, but I did listen to it on the Tim Ferriss one, and, and it was, I thought it was really cool, really good. He didn't come on the Jason Wright show, so that's why I'm just bitter. That's it. I'm bitter. He didn't come on the show. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> no, he, um, he's cool, but I, I, and I did like Green Lights. Um, there's some, one of the things that made me sad is that, um, you know, uh, who was it? Matt Damon on Hot Ones that I don't know if y'all ever seen. Oh, that I love show Hot Ones. They, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. So fun. And he described essentially why you're not going to see a movie like Goodwill Hunting at the theater again because of how much one, they don't have the DVD revenue anymore. There's so many streaming services to compete with and just the economics of making a movie like that with the budget it would take he said just no one's going to take that. That wasn't that a high-budget so movie, was it? It wasn't high-budget, but now it Why would be. that be high-budget? I mean, it cost them $10 million to build it back in 97. Not, yeah, but to market it, you couldn't Did do they, it. That's what he said. That's a shame. So hey, really... I, <sighs> that's why you keep seeing all these rehashes of Marvel and then like what Jay's talking about. They'll take an... Like, you've got to be so cautious. You can't make a uh, an anti-woke movie so therefore what they'll do is they'll take and they'll woke an unwoke movie that's already been told they're just not taking any risks because like you mean like Cleopatra Cleopatra or whatever that movie is that documentary it's called yeah yeah. oh dear heavens yes just who's doing is Jada Pickett Smith doing that one who's doing that one yep yeah here's the issue and this will be my last point on this is all of these groups, if you're a, a university student, a university professor, if you're an actor in Hollywood or a director or a producer, if we talked about this a couple of times, if you go against a mainstream narrative, you mm-hmm. there's something wrong with you. Even if you question it, even if you don't disagree with it, but you just yeah. question it just to play devil's advocate, which I think is an important thing to do. Um, and so what does that do? It makes it so those people who have different opinions don't say anything. And they just sit back and they just keep doing what they're doing. You know what we're living through? Have you guys seen um, Inglorious Bastards? Oh, yeah. Okay, remember Goebbels made the movie? And they all. I thought we were actually more so living through that movie Idiocracy. Uh, Or Wally. Or Wally. We're definitely living through Idiocracy. The dumbing down, but in the movie Inglorious Bastards, essentially everyone had to act like they loved Goebbels' movie, right? Whether they did or not, they had to act like they loved it, and that's what we're doing. It's that's what we're doing. You you have to you you must wear the ribbon. You must wear the ribbon, like the Seinfeld episode. You know what? Who is not wearing the ribbon? You know you have to wear the ribbon. A lot of the people I look up to the most right now, they're so busy reading real books they're not on social media they don't know what's going on in current events except what comes across like if you don't go on twitter you don't go on instagram you don't go on facebook or linkedin you don't read the news 
doesn't mean you don't know what's going on in the world because important things are still going to be shared with you as you go out in public. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And you know, uh, you know who said something similar? Who I know this guy's pretty pretty woke himself and has made a lot of enemies during the pandemic, uh, Ryan Holiday. Ryan, well, he says that a lot, that instead of reading the current events on the pandemic, what he started reading was the, uh, the, a book that was written about the, uh, the, flu, the, the Spanish flu. And he'll read historical accounts or he'll read newspaper clippings from when a major catastrophe was happening just to see the similarities and see – I guess, again, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, essentially. And instead of getting caught up in the uh, amygdala, you know, in, you know, punching of the I head. did have an idea for a, a business or a, a, I didn't know if it would work, but you guys can tell me. It would be something like two-week-old news. And the website would only <laughs> show you news from two weeks ago that's still relevant right now. Yeah, well, I was about to say if you showed somebody in America two weeks from two weeks ago, they go, oh, what? and when so the barometer what? would be: Is it still relevant two weeks later? Most news like news is not. It's like this yeah. might happen tomorrow. Whoa. It's like, well, tomorrow's yeah. over. It didn't happen in two week ago news that would never have even been yes. in that. Yeah, remember <laughs> we talk about. Remember, right. remember we used to obsess about gas stove. And oh, then, oh, and then yeah. balloon. Yeah. yeah. And then two and weeks then, later, uh, it's not news anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, somebody uh, not, wants, not if, if it doesn't, if it doesn't help the elections campaign, it's not news anymore. Well, and here's the thing that I, you know, when I, when I finally became alerted to this and a lot of people don't, they think that the news is just a service. They think it's a real service, like kind of like the post office or something. They think the news is this thing that serves us all. No, the news is just what takes up space between selling you crap. Yeah. It's that's all it is. It's the the, the whole premise is to get your amygdala flared up and, and getting them to believe getting the, the, the news, the media to make you believe they know where the cyber tooth tiger is or where it could be, and you have to watch them to find out where the cyber tooth tiger is before you leave the cave. Back in a moment. And then, they, but they never tell you where the Cybertooth Tiger is. It's they're never right, and and they get to ter- determine what the Sabertooth Tiger is. They are going to tell you what the Sabertooth Tiger is and what it might do to you. And, but really, all it is, they're just selling advertisement. They're just, that's all they're there. That's for. why with two yep. week old news, we only tell you what's relevant from two weeks ago. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. I think that that would be cool. I well, maybe we can good. get well, uh, Tucker Carlson to be the uh, the commentator for it. I think uh, he's looking for a job. <laughs> I do. I don't think he's looking for a job. I'm pretty sure like all the jobs lining up for him. Can you imagine? I mean, Tucker's gonna be sorry. That's Tucker actually dude. week. That's news from three days ago. So I shouldn't have said that. I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> Right. Which, by the way, I need one of you guys to reach out to Don Lemon. Will come on for an interview. I want to. I want to find out how he's handling his. Uh, Jay is well. Jay is the expert at booking guests. Dude, so. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I am, but I'm still trying to find ways to get Taco Carlson to come on. Well, we we can talk. I we can, can figure that out offline. That. I think. Really? <laughs> I think yeah. I think I could help with that. Uh, that'd be fun to talk. All right, let's wrap so, this up. Well, yes. God, this is awesome. So 
Well, that's it. I mean, unless you guys have anything else, this, I think we should do this more often. This was fun. I will say I don't really pay attention to current events that much, so I'm a little ill-prepared for just spontaneous conversation. Because it's not just, it's not well thought out, you know? <laughs> I think that's what makes it good, though, because instead of, because you don't have a formed opinion that you've been fed a narrative, you're literally thinking on the fly. I thought that was pretty good. What'd you think, Jay? I think it's great. Like, I just, like a lot of time, I'm just like, I just wish I have someone to talk to about all this thing. Yeah. So, well, I think I, I'm, I'm willing to do this uh, as a regular deal. And here's something, too, that you guys... I didn't mean for it to be like this, but have you guys seen, this is your homework. Have you guys seen the Cartier family on YouTube? No. Cartier? Go check it out. It's these, these black guys in, I think they go all go to Northwestern Louisiana, which isn't far from here in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Those guys are amazing. Essentially what they do is they huddle up into one of them's dorm room or their apartment. And they just, they're literally watching YouTube videos of political commentary or something that and they're just literally trying to learn and what they do is this very thing they'll watch the video and then they'll just talk amongst themselves about like what do you think about that like they'll have like a they'll watch a debate between two people a conservative and a liberal and they'll just talk it out. they're literally learning in real time and just kind of it, it is one of the I mean, those guys are genius, not because they're creating great content, but because they are uh, just completely open-minded and going and trying to learn in front of everybody. So anybody that listens to this, you got to check out the Cartier family on YouTube. I think those guys are awesome for what they're doing. And that's kind of the way this kind of turned out. I think it was a lot of fun. I, I liked it. All right. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks, right. guys. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. It means more to me than you can possibly imagine. And if you enjoyed it, please consider going out to Apple and leaving us a five-star rating. That would mean the world to me. Also, follow me on Insta at Jason right now. And don't forget, download the Vitruvian Lab app. I mean it. I want to be your personal peak performance trainer. I want to help you improve always and always. Lastly, check out my newsletter, The Vitruvian Letter. You can subscribe at jasonrightnow.com. And until we meet again, please continue to endeavor to improve always in always. I'm out. <laughs>